Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the always wonderful host of this podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist. I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos. Excuse me, and my graphic design. For today's show, I'm giving you three positive takeaways. I know we haven't seen so many positive things on the season. I believe the D-backs only have three wins on the season through 10 games. So I'll do something different. We know there's 60 games. We've played 10 games already, so that's the six of the seasons. I'm going to give you three positive takeaways that I've seen so far in this first segment. But then in that segment segment... We're going to talk about if we should be worried or not. But I'm going to start you with the good news first. But first, if you're a company interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's get right into it. I'm going to give you my three positive takeaways from the start. Uh, so, basically, through this first 10 games, through one-sixth of the season, my first takeaway is Zach Gallon has been as good as I've advertised. Yes, me, because I've been telling you guys for months since I took over this pod. I've been saying Zach Gallon is going to be the breakout pitcher of the staff. And I've been mostly right about that. You'll see why when I why I say that when I get to my second takeaway. But Zach Allen has been great so far to start the year through, you know, through these first two games. He's been dominant on this D-backs. I, w- I wouldn't say dominant, but he's been very good for this D-backs team. His ERA is 2.7. He's looked really good so far to start the year. He's looked pretty confident on the mound. If you just look at some of his numbers... His first start, he he only went four innings in his first start. Cause a lot, like a lot of the D-backs pitchers, he struggled to get through four, even five innings. But he only gave up one run in that first start. He only gave up two hits. He still had six strikeouts. But his biggest problem were those five walks. He gave up a home run, too, in, those, in that first start. But the, his biggest problem was that five walks that he gave up. He only you know had 88 pitches, but... Walking five is a lot, and then he only threw 46 strikes. So that's not a lot. 46 strikes in 88 pitches, that's like 53% if I did the math off the top of my head. So in that first start, you know, he had some positives, you know, with the strikeouts, you know, only allowing two hits. But he also had some negatives with giving up so many walks. But in that second start, he made a lot of improvements. He made it through five. He actually made it six innings. He struck out nine guys. He went against the L.A. Dodgers, so you know they have a pwn lineup. Gave up two earned runs, including one home run. But two earned runs isn't bad in six innings pitch. He, he, he pitched 98 pitches, and 72 of those were strikes. So that's an amazing jump. Because in that first start, 46 of 88, that's almost 53%. But 72 of 98, that's a big jump in, in from that first start to the second start. So we've seen that he can, he, he's been improving. He went against a better offense in that second start, and he still looked great. So, so far, from what I've seen from Zach Allen, I, I've been impressed. I didn't think, well, I did think, actually, that he would be this good. I've been saying it, and I've, I'm happy that he's come through. For the team so far, and even if you look at his numbers with men and run, uh, men 
with runners in scoring position, you know, the opponent. Gallon has been good in those situations. He's only given up a 100 batting average. He's only given up one hit with men and runners in scoring position. So, so far, he's been dominant in that category. And he's faced six He's faced six batters with two routes and runners in scoring position. In those situations, he's given up no hits. High leverage situations, he's given up one hit in what is deemed a high leverage situation. So, pretty much anything you look at from runners in scoring position to two wild trenders in scoring position, to a high to high leverage situations. Zach Allen has been dominant in almost every phase of the game. And so far, he's, he's looked great through these first 10 games. And he needs to keep it up because we've seen some other D-back pitchers not look so great. And so what Gallon has done so far has been really great for this D-backs team and has really helped them out a lot. And when I get to the second takeaway, because my second positive takeaway is another D-backs pitcher who's been great for this team. <laughs> that is Merrill Kelly. Right now, Merrill Kelly might be the breakout pitcher of 2020. And I didn't think I was going to be saying that, you know, a couple months ago. Merrill Kelly being the breakout pitcher at age 31, he's been great this year. Even better than a Zach Gallon. If you look at his numbers on the season, Merrill Kelly has a 2-6-3 ERA. If we look at both of his starts, his first start was actually even better than his second start. Now, granted, he went against the pretty crappy Texas Rangers, but went 7.2 innings. It was the first time a pitcher on the D-back staff went through four, I believe, when he made his first start. 104 pitches, seven strikeouts, gave up just one home run. Actually had, I think, a no-hitter through six or seven innings. So he was dominant in that first start. Then that second start, uh, which was yesterday, yes, he did take the L. Yes, he did give up two home runs, which has been a little bit of an issue. Three home runs and two starts is not what you want to see, but still went six innings. He still only gave up three earned runs. Three earned runs. No walks in that game. Only one walk in the first game. So he only has one walk through two games. Only four strikeouts in the game yesterday, but still 90 pitches. Uh, so far, 70% of his pitches have been striked, 68% to be exact. So he's getting, he, he's attacking the zone. He's getting strikes. He's not, uh, you know, just letting guys get on base. Not a lot of walks. Uh, nine hits yesterday, which is a lot. But so far, only four earned runs through two starts, through 13.2 innings. He's a great. I've been impressed with Merrill Kelly, and I didn't think I was going to be able to say that to start the year. I thought if you asked me who's going to be the worst pitcher on this D-back staff, I would have told you Merrill Kelly. No doubt about it. I would have put money on it. But so far, Merrill Kelly's actually been the ace of this staff, and I would love to see how far he can keep it going. Now, my final positive takeaway that I have from this first 10 games is Ketel Marte is the real deal. After last season, we, we knew Ketel Marte was probably the real deal. But we still had to second-guess ourselves because, you know, it was like his fifth year in baseball. And he, he didn't have anything else to show for it, right? Right now, 2019 prior to, if, if we just take out 2020, 2019 was the only season where he batted 300. It was the only season where he had over 15 home runs. It was the only season where he had over 60 RBIs. It was basically a career high in almost every category. He actually played less games in 2019 than he played in 2018. So you can't just say he got more opportunity. He played a lot of games in 2018, but he just broke out in 2019. And so far, 2020 is showing us that that wasn't an outlier, which is great to see. Ketel Marte right now is batting 308. 
He has three doubles. Now, the issue for Ketel Marte is he only has one home run. We would like to see a little bit more than that, but he only has two RBIs, and a lot of that just because of how poor this D-backs offense has been. There hasn't been those opportunities. He has four runs scored because he's been batting leadoff for this team, and Four runs scored is solid, but we need more overall production from the overall team. And Kenton Marte is trying to lead the way. His OBP could be better. It's only 333, but we're still only 10 games in. He's batting 308. So I'm glad to see so far, if you've watched these games, Kenton Marte's look good. He's had a he he's been getting on base. He's looked confident at the plate. He's been making contact consistently. And that average shows you he's a great contact hitter, and that's what I see from the eye test. Ketar Marte, based off these last two years, just looking at the eye test, looking at these stats, you can see he's the real deal. Last year wasn't an outlier, and this is really what the D-backs, you know, they, this is the real guy that the D-backs have, and I think he is and is going to be for the future the face of this franchise, and I think he has the star power to take this team to Pretty great heights. I don't know if we can win a World Series with Ketel Marte, but can we make it to a World Series? I think that can definitely happen. I'm just glad to say that 2019 wasn't a fluke year. It wasn't like a 2017 for Robbie Ray. Ketel Marte is the real deal, and I'm happy to see him on this D-backs team. Now, coming up, I will get into whether we should be worried or not after 10 games and seeing how the Diamondbacks have performed so far. But first, let me tell you, if, you like, if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now, when I order food from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way for me to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and just dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it. Alright, alright, alright. Let's get back into the conversations and let's talk about whether or not we should be worried about this D-backs team. Now, I will say this. This is what Tim Kirchin had to say. He said the D-backs are in trouble, but there is still time. If Tim Kirchin says there is still time, Miller Thomas is saying there is still time. Yes, oh, six of the season has been already completed. <laughs> That's actually a lot of time. We only have 50 games left, and those first 10 games just flew by. We're playing almost every day. And so because of it, these games are going to fly by. These games are important. I love this sense of urgency. I don't like this D-backs team struggling, but I love, 
I love how I'm like, every game this is important. The D-backs need to win this. And that's how every team is. This is how sports should be. Every game, it, it, it should be like the NFL where we feel like every game is important and we need that urgency, where you feel like you can have a bad weekend that can set you back and, and make it even that much harder to make the playoffs. And that's what it's been so far for the D-backs. It's been a struggle. But I'm just glad to see baseball. I'm glad to even be able to say those words. And so far, the D-backs have been struggling. They're off to a sluggish start. They're only 3-7. and seven. They're dead last in the NOS, which is not too good. And it just hasn't been an, the offense has been a problem. It hasn't been the pitching. It's been both. It's been a combination of them. They sit 28th in the MLB in batting average. They're dead last in home runs, fifth in worst team ERA, and fifth worst whip. The, B, the, the D-backs are struggling no matter what aisle you're looking at, no matter which lane you're looking at. The D-backs are struggling. Offense, pitching, their defense is always going to be good, but their offense and pitching has been a struggle so far. Now, the only saving grace of why you can say whether you should be worried or not too worried is because it's 10 games and a sample size of 10 games. Anything can happen. You can see a team go from 3-7 and seven to 8-10, and 10, and then all of a sudden, the D-backs are right back into it. Now, if you're talking about 60-game sample size, then that's a pretty big sample size because the Nationals, after 60 games last year, were 19-31 and 31 and not even in the playoff race. And they ended up winning the World Series. So the D-backs the, the don't have time like that. They can't go 60 games because there's only 60 games, so they can't falter like that. But if you put that on a micro scale and equate it to a 60-game season, and we say after those first 60 games like the Nationals, how they were struggling, that could be equivalent to the first 10 games for the D-backs and their struggles. And hopefully in this next, you know, four uh, or should I say five, six of a season, the D-backs really start to take off. Their pitching finally comes together. Their, their offensive pieces finally get together. Eduardo Escobar has been a struggle. Uh, you know, Carson Kelly's been a struggle. Cole Calhoun's been a struggle. Ahmed's been a struggle. I, I could go on and on. Outside the Marte Parte and a Christian Walker, most of this team has been a, a struggle. And Starling Marte hasn't been phenomenal. But he's been solid on the year. His average right now is only is 300, so he's been solid. And his OBP is 432. So he's been getting on base. He has nine hits, four runs scored, but he has no home runs. He only has two RBI, so he has two stolen bases, which is nice, but only two RBI. So that those run-producing situations, we're just not getting enough of them. And we need to bring that power. We're not slugging it enough. We need to see those doubles in the gap. We need to see those extra base hits. We need to see those home runs because we are not scoring right now. The offense has been bad. Guys are striking out too much, and it's just been a struggle all around on the offensive end. Then when I look at the pitching, guys aren't going deep enough. Baumgartner has yet to make it through six innings. Robbie Ray has yet to make it through uh, five innings. Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen have been phenomenal. I, I have nothing to say about them. Luke Weaver has been, in, has been getting crushed through these first two games. Extra base hits, home runs. Luke Weaver has been getting crushed out there. His strikeouts have still been phenomenal. I think his strikeouts per nine, if I look it up real quick, is actually insane. It's like off the bats right now. Let me tell you guys his strike. His strikeouts per nine is 13 and a half, which would be a career high. So striking out people isn't the issue, but he leads the NL in 12 with, with 12 earned runs. Over two starts, he's only pitched 7.1 innings. So in 7.1 innings, he's given up 12 earned runs. That is insane. He can't do that. 
His home runs per nine is 3.7. He's given up too many of those three so far. So Luke Weaver's a guy who needs to get it together. Robbie Ray has to give it together. And Madison Bumgarner is trending in the right direction. So I wouldn't say he has to get to get it together, but he has to keep moving in the direction he's going. And Zach Allen and, and uh, Merrill Kelly, I almost forgot his name for a second. Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly. I've loved what they've done so far, so they need to get it together. But there are just so many players on this D-backs roster that needs to step up right now. And even the bullpen hasn't been great for the D-backs. Archie Bradley has looked good after that first start he had uh, coming out in the closer role. And Crichton has looked good, too. But Kevin Ginkle has... I've been hyping up Ginkle as much as I hyped up Zach Allen as a starting pitcher. I've hyped up Ginkle as much as... Uh, as equally as much as Zach Allen for him to be, you know, a potential closer for this team or at least a setup guy for this team. And Ginkle, and Ginkle has disappointed me, you know, supremely, actually. He's given up five earned runs and only 3.2 innings pitch with four walks. So Ginkle has not been the guy that I've been clamoring for and been saying he can be for four months now. His walks per nine is actually the exact same as his strikeouts per nine. 9.8, and that just won't work. Andrew Chafin's given up four earned runs in three innings. So you look at Ginkle, you, you look at Andrew Chafin. We've just had some guys, Hector Rondon, two four earned runs. Some of our bullpen arms have not been reliable, and we're going to need to get those guys reliable. Even Yoan Lopez hasn't been that good, and we know how good, how good he has been. So I don't understand why these bullpen arms have been struggling as much as they have. I understand it was starting pitching. I feel like these bullpen arms should be, should be a little bit more fresh and ready to go in these situations. But overall, this D-backs team, when you consider offensive pitching, you know, the different phases of baseball, might be the worst team in baseball right now. I think they're pretty lucky, pretty lucky to, th to have three wins now. The only difference between the D-backs and the rest of the teams who have similar records is I think the D-backs have way more talent than some of the teams that... You know, you can compare the, the D-backs team right now in the standings. I think the D-backs still have, you know, one of the most talented rosters in baseball from starting lineup and pitching rotation. But the Giants at 5-5 five and five should not have a better record than the D-backs. The Pirates, they're 2-7, and seven, so they're awful too. But some of these other teams, they, they should not have a better record. The Marlins should not. The Orioles should not. You know, uh, the Tigers should not. Those are just four teams right now that should not have better record better records than the D-backs, and right now, that's the truth. The D-backs have arguably looked like the West, the worst team in baseball, and if they want to get it together, they're going to have to improve big time in their pitching. Their pitchers have to go deeper. They have to limit the amount of walks, and they have to strike out, not strike out guys, but just attack the zone, get more strikes. They don't have to strike out guys, but they're not throwing enough strikes, so the pitchers need to work on that, and then the offense just needs to get more guys on base. You got to get those guys in runners and scoring position to make it easier for you to score runs. D-backs just flat out aren't getting enough guys on base. There's not enough times where a guy even starts on first or second base to start an inning, and there's definitely not enough times where guys are coming through when with runners in scoring position when they do have those situations. So overall, the D-backs need to get more clutch and just get better at that OBP. Not batting average, OBP. The hits, I think, will come, but... First, just work on getting on base. Don't strike out as much. Be more patient at the plate. Because the D-backs, you know, through those first few games, were awful at falling behind early in counts. They were going 0-2, I think, earlier than pretty much any team in baseball. They had so many 0-2 counts in that first series against the Padres. It was actually disgusting. So if the offensive pitching can get better in those two areas, I do think this team still has time to come out of this 
No, the bottom of the NOS, because if I look at the standings right now, the D-backs are four games back, and they're going to play the Rockies and the Padres again in the next uh, in the next two weeks. I think two of their next three series are against the Padres and Rockies. So you're going to be going against your divisional opponents all the time. You're going to have time to make up these games. But the D-backs have to get back on the right track and have to start moving in the right direction, or or this season could get out of hand, and this could become a lost season pretty quickly. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy out there. And don't forget to tune into tomorrow's pod where I'll be talking more Arizona Diamondbacks and probably be previewing the D-backs versus Astros game. Hope everyone is doing great out there. Peace!